Have you ever felt like there isn't enough time in the day or like you don't have time to take care of your well-being and build your dream? Or maybe you felt like it's impossible for you to go to work and still build that business that you envision at the same time. Well, so have we. And this is why we decided to make this podcast. This podcast is not just for PTs, OTs, MDs, or RNs. It's for everyone in healthcare. Our mission is to inspire you to make healthcare a better place and to build your business or brand through stories and real-life examples of some of the top leaders and entrepreneurs in healthcare. There's no better time than now. Welcome to Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, guys, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Things are good over here on this end. It's sunny. It's warm. I'm down in Atlanta for this episode, so in case anybody's wondering. I came down. The drive was horrendous. It rained. I thought I wasn't going to make it, but God is good. Here we are. So, Amen. Thank you. Thank Amen. you. All right, Paul. <laughs> so guys, as always, you know, we love to bring you guys amazing guests. This week is no exception. Man, this episode is going to be pure fire. Me and Paul have been looking forward to this one all week. So this is really going to be a blast. Um, we have a, a boss, an entrepreneur, just an amazing all around guy that we've been waiting to be able to get on the podcast. Mr. Ross Brunson, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing really well. I appreciate you inviting me on here today. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Just kind of point this out. So for the listeners, the reason why I'm very excited, but the reason why I'm really excited is because when um, my business and partner and I created our business, our, well, our second call, our first call was to a buddy, Alex Engar. Our second call ended up being with Mr. Ross Brunson over here. I have never seen the process go by so smoothly and so quickly. You know, people always ask me like, you know, what was it like setting it up? I was like, I'll be honest, <laughs> there was no pain involved, <laughs> none whatsoever. And, and um, we've been blessed, you know, to even have like our accounting, our books have been done by our business and it's just been a flawless thing. So for me, this is just me kind of plugging your business. I'll let you talk about it a little bit. But I uh, just want to let y'all know, like, the person that we do have on the episode today, I'm really excited about it because you're going to get so much knowledge and so much, so many gems you can just take away from this and, and use it to, you know, start your business. Or if you have not started before, understand what's coming. So I'm really excited about this because we're really going to dig deep. So with that kind of segue, you know, just hanging a banner with your name on it. I apologize. I just got, I got really excited. I just needed to, needed to showcase you for a second, if that's okay. Okay. I appreciate that. All right. Um, so Carl usually starts the episodes, but I'm going to go ahead and just start us off just because we do like to respect um, our guest time. So right off the bat, we, we do have to ask, um, what brought you into the field of business organization and creation? You know, what got you into understanding that you needed to be able to run your own show? Well, it started way back probably 
in the early 90s, you know, I'd gone through college and I had my college degree. And when I got out of college, one of the things I really wanted to do was become an independent businessman. And I was not fortunate to have a father that was in the bit, you know, had ever run a business or set one up. And so, I, and I didn't have a grandparents or anybody that I knew that really knew how to set up a business or to run a business. And so I just kind of started out on my own. And just like a lot of young entrepreneurs, I found myself in trouble <laughs> right off the bat. Um, I started a business and started working it and worked it hard. And I brought my brother in as a partner and, and we started doing well. We started to make a, a decent amount of money. And then after we've been in business about a year, we had a CPA that was helping us out. And he showed up on my door at about uh, April 14th at about six o'clock at night and handed us our tax return. Well, on the tax return, it said we owed $10,000 by tomorrow. Like, what? <laughs> you know, what? You know, I said, at least you could give us a few days. You know, let's do tomorrow. And so he said, well, I'm sorry. You know, you know, we'll do better next time. And so after we got a loan and scraped the money together to pay that $10,000 in taxes, I decided I don't want to have that problem again. So I asked this the CPA to come to our house and let's discuss ways that we can use to reduce my tax problems. And so he came over and sat at my table and my wife gave him some cookies and milk, you know, and we chatted about, you know, whatever. And after about an hour, an hour and a half, he left and he billed me for his time. So I figured, well, okay, he must have figured something out. And so I didn't know any better. So I, um, you know, just kind of waited for him the next year. And again, April 5th, 14th, he showed up at six o'clock at night. This time it was $20,000 that I had to pay because our business was doing better. <laughs> I told you that we can't do this. You know, we can't come up with that type of money in a 24 hour period of time. You know, I, I, need, I need to be able to have some planning. Well, he didn't really know what to tell me how to plan or what to do, or if there's any ways that I could reduce my taxes just didn't happen. And he was a CPA. And so I then started uh, looking around and I found this just gentleman who claimed to be a, you know, a, an attorney for liability purposes. He was liability type of attorney. At least that's what he told me. But I found out later that he, he got his uh, diploma from over the internet somewhere, you know, but, you know, but what he did is he started telling me, Hey, there's a business structure that you could set up. And, and it was called at that time a business trust. And he says, if you operate out of this business trust, there are certain tax advantages that you can receive by operating out of this trust. And he explained, you know, the tax savings that I could have simply because I was running my company instead of as a sole proprietorship as a, as a business trust. And I thought, well, this is great. Finally, somebody here that can tell me how I can reduce my taxes. So I, I paid him. I hired him on. I paid him like $3,000 to produce this business trust for me, you know, and one of these type of guys that they say, well, here's the paperwork, you know, and good luck, you know, as they're patting out the door. <laughs> so I'm out there going, now what, you know, what do I do? So I'm stuck here with this, this stack of papers. And so it came time to file my tax returns. And so I filed it as a business trust. Well, it just turned out that at that particular time, the IRS was looking at these business trusts as ways to avoid paying taxes. <laughs> and they were trying to shut them down because of that. There was a lot of, you know, 
people that were, you know, talking about we need freedom from government, you know, interventions and taxes and things. And, and so they were all saying, if you have these business trusts, you can cut your taxes down. And so the IRS thought, well, we can't have this happening. So they're going to shut it down. So everybody in our area that had a business trust got audited. And I was no exception. <laughs> and so he, he shows up to me and he says, you know, this is not, I mean, even though they call it a trust, it's not a trust because you control the whole thing, you know, and it would have to be controlled by, by a trustee. And you were the, you were what they call the settler. You were the one that put the business in and you're trying to be the trustee and you can't be in both positions. So we're going to say that this was not a trust and that you were still just a sole proprietor. So everything collapsed around me and I ended up having to pay, you know, a large amount of taxes again that year. But, but what it did to me is it helped me understand that, hey, there is ways, you know, there are ways that you can go about to reduce your taxes legally and lawfully with different types of business entities. Well, at that particular time, I really knew nothing about business entities. You know, I knew that there were C corporations. I knew there were S corporations. I knew there was LLCs. But other than that, I didn't know anything about them other than I believe that you know, if we could take advantage of some tax savings through this business trust, maybe there would be something like that available through one of these entities. So I didn't have anyone to talk to, no place to go. So I just started ordering books on corporations and ordering books on limited liability companies and ordering books on limited partnerships and every type of book I could find that dealt with structures, you know, and I, I use the word structure because it's sort of like, you know, we as human beings are kind of frail. We don't like to be too hot. We don't like to be too cold. We don't want to uh, sleep outside in the rain. You know, we want to have comforts around us. And so what do we do to protect ourselves? We build a structure or a home around us. Well, the business needs to do the same thing. They need to build a structure around the business so that it will protect them. And so I was studying these different structuring types to find out, you know, which one of them would provide the benefits that I was looking for. And as I was going through those, I discovered that that there was not one business entity that was completely 100% good, you know, that did everything I wanted it to do. And so, but I did find that each one of them had usually a strong point associated with it and had weak points associated with it. And so as I was going about my studying, I started looking for three things in a in an entity. I wanted to see something that would be easy to operate in. You know, I didn't have to spend all my time just running my business. I could spend time looking for customers and, and helping my customers and, and working with them. So I wanted it to be easy for me to operate out of. I wanted it to have inherent tax savings abilities. And I wanted it to provide me the strongest liability protection I could have if somebody out there were to want to try to sue me for something that I may have done. So those are the three things I started looking at. And I compared all of these different entities to those three uh, main objectives. And I I learned a lot. I I probably spent close to $10,000 on books. And I spent several years of my life studying those books and writing out things and researching them. And I got copies of the IRS code manuals. You know, those things are huge. They have the, I have copies of the codes of federal regulations that go along with them. So I, I've spent a lot of time and efforts studying this stuff. And so as a result, I was able on my own to set up a structure that would allow me to reduce my taxes legally 
that was easy to operate in and has been giving me, you know, a strong liability protection. So that's kind of how I got into it. First of all, I love the fact that your story just kind of highlights, like, it just became a necessity. You were doing yourself a continued disservice by not going to the answer. Because I can't even imagine somebody showing up April 14th every year saying, hey, we need 10,000. We need 20,000 um, in 24 hours. Good luck. Yeah, it, it was tough. You know, you know, we had to go to the bank and borrow money to be able right. to pay those taxes. So, you know, it is it is difficult. And, and you know, and I thought here, this person being a CPA should know. He didn't know. You know, I, and I asked him straight out. And I had a second CPA I hired. And I asked him straight out, what can we do to reduce our taxes? And they just said, you just have to pay your taxes. There's nothing you can do. So anyway, I found out that there is some things you can do, and uh, and I've been helping people do them over the years. I think it's just so interesting how a lot of times when we're faced with adversity, we can end up finding like our 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 fortune in it. The fact that you had someone coming to your door saying, "Okay, ten thousand dollars you owe. Okay, now twenty thousand dollars you owe." You know, and it got to a point where you were like, I need to figure this out. And and so you did. And now here you are being able to help other businesses figure it out as well. So I want to ask you if you could look back and point to a time in your life where you felt confident that you would be working in your purpose. When was that? And what led you to that realization? The realization took place as I was studying these structures. I realized that that this was something that not many people know. And in fact, I, I know now I have a, an associate that, that uh, is a CPA. And this CPA told me that on the CPA exam, there is not a single question on business structuring and how businesses can interact between each other. They, they, there's not, nothing like that. So you, you can't really get a straight answer from, from a CPA. You can't hardly get a straight answer from, a, from an attorney because, again, they look at things in a different light. A CPA you may know of a certain entity that, that gives you a great tax benefit, but it may have terrible liability consequences that you may not be aware of. And then if you go to a tax attorney, he might say, well, this has got the best liability protection you can have, but it may cause you to pay the highest taxes you can possibly pay. And so this is a, you know, a, a common theme that I get as people are talking with me, like, what should I do? Which, is, which ones are best? You know, is one better than another? And, and so as I've been able to help people understand these things, it's made a big difference in their lives, which makes a difference in my life. Because I like seeing them succeed in their business and watching their businesses grow alongside them as we're, you know, as we're working together. Talking about that, bro, how do you then, for you, even personally in your business, how do you go about creating those systems that allow your business to grow at a rate that you want it to grow at? Well, uh, it was interesting. When I first started this, I was doing it for myself. And I was in a business and I had, you know, other people that I knew that were in that same type of business with me. And we'd, you know, get together around tax time every year. And, and they would always be saying, oh, man, I'm getting killed in taxes. You know, how much did you have to pay? And I'd tell them and then they'd go, what? I paid three times that amount in taxes or something like that. And I said, well, yeah, just, I, I've just structured myself in a way that, that I could take advantage of some, some uh, benefits in the tax code. Well, after a while, they started saying, can you help me? 
would you mind helping me, teaching me this stuff a little bit? And so I said, well, yeah, I could do that. And so I started working with them. And, you know, I, I had some accounting experience as well. And they started saying, well, why don't you just do my accounting for me? And, uh, you know, and then you can set up the structure, you can do my accounting and you then you help me with the tax returns at the end of the year, because you know what tax benefits I'm supposed to be getting. And so it just kind of started off like that, where I started picking up some friends, you know, after a while, more and more friends, and they're telling their friends about me and they're starting to come around to talk with me. And so that's kind of how it started. And then once it got started, I started realizing that there's a big need for this and people are interested in knowing about it. And so I was invited to speak at some business conventions and where there were like, you know, a thousand people in the audience. So I would get up and I would teach the, these, these concepts at, at these uh, big business seminars and people would line up at the end of the back of the room asking, will you, you know, will you help me with mine? And at first I was telling people, no, I, I don't do that because I was just there more to, uh, you know, as a guest to explain things that they could do. But they started coming to me more and more saying, well, will you do this for me? Can you help me with it? I'll pay if you do it for me. And so I started saying, well, okay. And I take their names and we started helping them and, and, uh, and all. And then as time went on, I was fortunate to have a son that was really big in the business world. Some of you may have heard of Russell Brunson. He's, he's my son. And he has a big following, you know, like thousands of people, small business owners follow him. And, and he, after he saw what I was doing and I was starting to get more and more, you know, busy in it, he started doing little podcasts like this. And he would just talk to people and he would say, you know, for you new business owners out there, you should probably talk with my dad because he can help you set up your business and he can help you reduce your taxes. And when every time he do that, all of a sudden I get 70 or 80 people to call me wanting to talk to me, you know? So that just built in upon the, you know, the, the talks that I was doing in these conventions. And it just has grown now to the point where it's just strictly word of mouth. I don't advertise at all. I mean, last year I set up over 260 businesses without one bit of advertising. It's just word of mouth coming. So it's, 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 a great, it's a great business because nobody understands what it is I'm doing. The CPAs don't. I've had people have their CPA call me and ask me, what in the world are you doing? I've had people have their accountants call me and say, I, I can't figure out how to do these accounting for these people. You know, what is it you're doing? So it's, it's, it's really kind of unique, but it works very well. And, the, you know, the results are very good. And, you know, just to kind of speak to that point, uh, as one of those people that has experienced that process, too, I just want the listeners to understand, like, what he's saying is very real. Like, I remember us being on that on our first call and just the ease, because I remember coming into it just confused. I was just like, I don't know. This is a lot of mumbo jumbo on these words and people are saying we need to do this. We need to get that. And this has to happen. And, and you went into the call and you said, look. You know, this is where you're at. This is what your state you're in. This is what makes sense. This is how we're going to go about it. And boom, just so easy. And, you know, um, so I think, and we're going to talk about it at the end, but if you're starting to wonder as you listen to this episode, who to go to, you're listening to. Anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. Um, just, just to attest to the point, like, you know, even working with you, just, I can't imagine what those other people must have to say, but I'm sure it must be the same tune I'm singing right now. Like you made it very easy and very smooth and easy to understand and with the least amount of stress. 
Right. That's the goal. You know, you want to be able to not have to worry about the actual running of the business. You want to be able to worry about your clients and uh, building your relationships. And so that's what I try to do in our structuring is put you in a position where you don't have to worry or fret about your business much. You can spend the time, the quality time that you need to actually grow your business. So, so with that being said, Ross, what would you say are, are the top three questions that clients tend to have when you get on a call with them? Well, usually they're very concerned about entities, you know, and it's what entity should I have? You know, I've heard my accountant or my friend told me I should be an S corp or another might say, and they all, everyone I ask around, they tell me I should be an LLC, you know? And so I guess that's what I want to be, but I don't know what type of entity should I be? And so that's a big question. And I spent a lot of time with them on that particular question. I spent a time helping them understand what are the strengths and weaknesses of that S corporation? What are the strengths and weaknesses of that LLC? Because, you know, if people are promoting them, they're usually only telling you the strengths. They're not telling you any of the weaknesses. And so people don't understand that if they choose an entity and it has these weaknesses, they have to live with it. They can't change it. And sometimes those weaknesses are you have a bigger chance of being sued or losing your business. by If you do something, you know, you don't have the liability protection. Other times it's you're not getting any tax benefits. So that's the first thing. And then they usually always wonder, well, you know, I haven't done much in entities or I don't understand them. And, and I, you know, I'm in business to get paid. <laughs> how do I, how do I get myself paid? <laughs> you know, how do I pay myself out of this, out of this business? So that's probably the second biggest question. And then the third one is always, especially if they've been in business for a little while, they start saying, how, what things do you know? How can I reduce my taxes? You know, is there a legal way to do that? Nobody wants to, you know, be lying or cheating on their tax returns, you know, but is there a legal way? And and yes, there, there are legal ways that you can reduce your taxes. So those are probably the three biggest questions that I get as we begin conversations with people. So now this has to be asked, right? Okay. Um, when people come in and they have all these goals, but what would you say is the ultimate goal of why you, Ross Brownson, run a business? Um, well, a couple reasons. One, I, I really like talking with people. I always have liked getting to know new individuals, especially business entrepreneurs. You know, they, they have a fire in their chest. You know, they're excited. They're not being held down. They're growing. They're expanding. They're, you know, they're, they're ready to take on the world. And for an old timer like me to get that juice going every now and then when as I'm talking to these people, that's just so exciting and so fulfilling for me. And then it, there's, it's a great joy when I can explain to them solutions to the problems that they're experiencing. You know, your taxes are too high. Let's talk about things we can do to reduce those. Or did you realize that if you were to be sued, you have this problem looking you in the face or this problem looking you in the face. And so being able to teach them things that, that are really important for a business owner to know and to see them accept it and to see them, this, their, their eyes light up, you know, their voice. I, 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 you're, I understand what you're saying. You know, this is so exciting for me because it's solving real problems that business owners have, you know, in running their businesses. So those are probably the two biggest excitements that I get out of and reasons I really like doing what I'm doing. So I'm sure like even, you know, with all your years of experience and, you know, all the various businesses that you deal with, that you, you often have 
people who do come to you and, you know, they try to impress you with uh, what they think is their vast amount of knowledge in terms of an LLC and an S Corp and all this stuff. And <laughs> I'm sure you've heard some crazy things. So I have to ask, with that being said, what are the top three misconceptions that you see or hear about creating a business usually? Well, you know, it's the typical, one of the typical things is that I understand I need to set this up in Delaware or it could be Nevada or something, but Delaware seems to be a big one. Everyone seems to think that they need to set up their business in Delaware, you know, and really for the, the size businesses, most of these people are, Delaware really gives you no greater advantage in it than another state. You know, if you were a, you know, a big C corporation and you're being traded publicly on the stock market, then perhaps Delaware could, could be of value to you, but it really doesn't give you that big of a benefit just for a small, smaller business owner, you know, kind of a one man show or one or two man show. The other ones, um, they'll, you know, misconceptions are that they would basically be saying, well, S corps and LLCs are really basically the same. You know, there's no difference. It's just one's called this, one's called that, you know, there's no difference here. They don't understand that there's a huge difference there between those two entity types. And so that's a big misconception that they have. And then another misconception is they say, I got to get, you know, an entity set up so that I won't lose my business assets. I want to protect my business assets from someone coming after them. Well, in an S corporation, for example, the law allows the person who, you know, if you, if there's a creditor or predator that's coming after that person, allows them to go through the front door of the, of the corporation and take the assets of the company. I mean, it just allows them to do that. Whereas in an LLC, you're not allowed to do that. You can't go through the front door and take the assets. But so, you know, when they say just by throwing it into an entity, it's going to be completely protected. Well, Maybe yes, maybe no. It depends upon what entity you chose, you know, when you set it up. And see, when I say you, you're, sometimes you get stuck with the weaknesses. And the weakness of the S-Corp, one of them is that people could come right into your business and take all your assets from you if they've been injured by you. So, so anyway, that's another misconception is that, that um, you know, that they feel that everything is totally protected once they get their, their entity set up. Now... Man, I can't even imagine the crazy things you've heard <laughs> on calls. Oh, my goodness. And I love that the point that you pointed out, because I have heard of the Delaware thing. Uh -huh. But I always wonder, I'm like, are you guys just coming right out of the gate with, like, a business doing 500000 a year? <laughs> like, what's going on? Okay, so, um, because you are well-versed in understanding clients, what do you look for, you know, either when people are on the phone call with you or um, when you're kind of studying a structure? What do you look for um, that points to a healthy business? I like to look for a person that has an open mind. You get people, in fact, you know, I used to be a coach. I coached for 20 years. I coached wrestling for 20 years at the high school level. And, uh, you know, we would have certain boys that you would show them something and they were just, Oh, this is great. And they'll practice it and they'll practice it and they'll learn it and they do well. And then there's another boy, you teach them the same thing. And it's like, ah, 
you know, I got my own way of doing it. You know, I don't need to understand what you're trying to teach me because I'm good enough. You know, I got it down. Well, sometimes you run into that same feeling in business people that you're talking with, you know, they have all the answers. They know everything. They won't even listen to you, you know, and if you point something out, they always got 10 excuses why their way is better than your way. You know, if it is, then fine. But in most cases, I can see because I've been around the block a few times that, that they're not in a better position. But if you find that person that comes to you and you say, you know, this is what you need to do. And they go, man, that's a good idea. I'm going to try that. I'm going to put all my efforts behind that. And we're going to make this work. Those are the, the clients that, you know, really are going to be successful and really are fun to work with because they're, they're coachable. Yeah, I, I'm sure. And we, we had someone as well who was on the podcast before, and they said that the best coaches are usually the best students, you know, so that makes sense, you know, what you're saying. Yes, I can point to examples in the professional world where that were the case, where, uh, you know, uh, an athlete was just, you know, focused beyond belief and just trained with all of this might. And one tremendous things in his life. And then he became a coach. And in this particular case, this particular coach coached in the NCAA and ended up winning like 16 NCAA championships with his teams, just because of the way he coached, uh, because he knew how to do it himself. And he was able to that they had seen him doing it, they, they knew of his reputation. So they believed him, you know, and when he told them to do something, they did it. And it, it made him very successful. So Speaking of speaking of being successful with with you helping the businesses that you help, you know, I, I'm sure that they they start to see a certain amount of success that they never thought that they would see um, and they never thought that they would reach. So speaking for you, what does what does success look like to you in business and in family? Well, that's good. Um, when it comes to success in business what you know what appears to be success for me is when i'm helping other people and i see that they're able to achieve their dreams and you know they come to me the first and they say okay I, I don't know what i'm doing i need to be structured i help them get set up and i get them structured and we're helping them save taxes at a lower level because they're not making much money yet and then all of a sudden they start making a lot more money and they're starting to come back to me and say what do i do now and I'm be able to say, hey, I got some new ideas, you know, some additional ideas that that you weren't ready for before, but now because of your income level, you are ready for. And so we can, uh, you know, success for me is being able to to have solutions to their problems, no matter how big those problems are. Uh, and so if I feel I can do that, then I feel like I'm being successful. When it comes to my family, I had a mentor once, and he made a statement that stuck with me. He said that. You should always spoil your wife or your spouse, whatever the case may be. You should always spoil your wife, but make your children work for everything they get from you. And I thought, what a great statement, you know, you should treat your spouse well, you know, you should treat them, you know, and spoil them. But if you do that to your kids, you're going to find out that the kids then don't want to work. You know, they don't want to do anything. They want you to, to continue to support them the rest of their lives. And, and the biggest gift I think that I could give, at least in my situation, to my kids is the knowledge of how to work. It brings satisfaction to you. It uh, allows you to, to live 
with prosperity. It, it allows you to raise your own family and take care of them in a way that you want to. And so, you know, that's kind of what I've tried to do since that I learned that statement is I try to take good care of my wife, but I like to make my kids work for what they get. You know, that, uh, that quote kind of sticks out a little bit. You know, I didn't want to go down this road, but it's almost like just um, kind of thinking over a lot of what we do on this podcast and what we are trying to accomplish, like in our own personal lives and everything. And what we, you know, everybody else doing the future talking in five, 10, 15 years and I have kids and whatever, like there's just certain things. And I think that really sticks out for me because I always just think about how I was brought up from my parents. And, you know, one of the things that they instilled in us was just making sure we understood the value of hard work. Yep. Part of it, when you mentioned with the coaching, um, I can I can definitely hear it when you're talking about somebody goes, makes money, comes back, and then you coach them through, like, you weren't ready for this before you're now. now. It's almost like that even shows me just how, like, the more they learn, the more of a blessing they can receive as well in turn on, on all fronts. And, man, like, that's that's a good one. That's that's t-shirt worthy. That's what you put on a shirt right there. That's a good one. <laughs> well, good. Oh my goodness. Let me ask you this question. So, what do you do then? Uh, you mentioned, like you set up a ton of, of organizations last year alone. Uh, what do you do to make sure that you are serving from a full cup and you're not showing up burnt out? Well, I think you have to be on the top of your game. You always got to keep yourself at the top of your game. You can't just sit back and say, okay, you know, I, I'm there. I don't need to worry about it anymore. So I think that you have to, you know, have condition, continuing education in your life. You know, things change in our, my business, the tax code changes from time to time. Um, and so, you know, if I'm not studying these things, if I'm not on top of these things, how am I supposed to be able to give these clients the type of attention and the type of advice that they need to have to solve their, you know, their, their problems that they're, that they're experiencing. So I think that that, you know, that there's a need to do that. Um, and if you do that, continue to educate your, and, you know, and, it, and it's not that difficult if you're, if you're excited about your subject when you're excited about your subject, it's not a pain to, to study and to read. And, and it's just kind of a fun thing because you start saying, wow, look at this new thing I just discovered here. And, and I know this person over here, this could really help. Or you know, what can I do next to, you know, to help people? And so I think that's the biggest thing that I would say to keep my cup full is to just make sure that I'm well-educated and stay on top of you know, the, uh, the laws that, you know, that, that my clients are dealing with going to ask you this last question this one's a fun one by the way so um if you were to identify just your top three most haves for anything in life up to this point or even into the future right what would those top three things be for you well the top three things that i feel i need to have in my life is i think i need to have a meaningful relationship with my god i think everyone should have that i need to have a happy and a content wife if your wife's happy, your life is happy. You know, <laughs> it's so I want to make sure that my wife is spoiled, that she feels good, that she feels like I'm paying her attention, and that you know, because I, I want that in my life. And then the third thing that I really want to have have 
uh, that I've strived for is I wanted to make sure that my children were productive and hardworking. So if I could see my children succeeding and working hard, I can see my happy wife and I can feel like I have a, a spiritual relationship with my God. I think that those are the main three things that I want to have in my life. Let me just say, first, first off, that that's just, it's, it's truly amazing, Ross, because I think a lot of time when, whenever someone's faced with that type of question, it's very easy to think like, oh, I want a house on the beach or, oh, I want a, I want a nice red Lamborghini, you know, or, 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 or something materialistic. And I just think it, it, it truly speaks to, to your leadership but also just how good of a person, how great of a person you are to be able to say that the things that mean the most to you are the people that you love and realizing that not just that, but having a relationship with your creator is also important because the creator is the one who gave you the people that you love and, and gives you everything that you have. So thank you for sharing that. And, and let me also say, once again, thank you so much for coming on the episode because it, it, it meant a lot to both of us. And it's something that we, we discussed before. And as I said, you know, before we got started, Paul told me so much about you. And I was like, please, like, let's get him on, you know. So just seriously, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to hop on here and, and, and give us and give our listeners some really good lessons. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. I really enjoyed being here. And if I can help any of your, your clients or anyone out there listening to these podcasts, they're, they're experiencing some of these problems in their business. They don't know where to go. Um, you know, we're here to help and would love to chat with them. Absolutely. So, so with that being said, Ross, like for anyone who is listening to this episode and they want to get in contact with you, what information would you like to leave with them? Well, we have a website and on the website, there's some videos of me talking, giving some presentations on business structuring and things. And that website is uh, www.bookease, that's B-O-O-K-E-A-S-E, -E, all one word, bookease.com. So that's uh, one of the places you can go and there's a, there's a link there that you can click on and you could then schedule an appointment directly with me on my calendar program through that website. Also, my, my cell phone that I use as my business phone, that is area code 801-244-9880. And I'm, you know, I accept calls and if people call and if, if by chance I'm busy at that moment, I'll call them back or, uh, you know, I'll schedule a time when it's convenient for both of us to speak. But, you know, we're here to help try to make ourselves available as much as possible. Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you so much. So, Guys, that wraps up another episode of OTC. As always, me and Paul are super grateful. Thank you so much for listening. You guys could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be here listening to this. So if you got value from this episode, uh, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, whatever platform, like, share, subscribe, leave us a review, a five-star review, might I add. And uh, <laughs> we, we just, we really appreciate you guys. And we just look forward to your support. We look forward to your continued support. And until next time, peace and many blessings. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. 
This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word-of-mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. PhysioMemes. This episode was also brought to you by the Acceptance Navigator series. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really don't have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. Let the Acceptance Navigator series show you how. You can find them at www.acceptancenavigator.com. When you go on there, make sure to let them know that Paul and Carl sent you over to jumpstart your acceptance into physical therapy school. Thank you for listening and keep tuning in.